What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we hung out with Ryan Oaks over Zoom video. Ryan was born and raised just outside of Washington, D.C. and talks about how he got into music. He does not come from a musical household, but he had access to a variety of instruments growing up, played drums, guitar, piano. He talked about his first band. They did a cover of Sugar, I'm Going Down by Fall Out Boy in fifth grade. He ended up kind of putting down music through middle school and even into high school. His senior year, he recorded a rap song and just had that spark to pursue music. Actually gave up a scholarship for lacrosse. He's a really great lacrosse player. Gave that up. Still did end up going to college and right after college moved to Los Angeles Prior to moving to LA, he had released some music, and once he landed in Los Angeles, his song Drinking About You just blew up on Spotify. It now has nearly 44 million streams. It was getting like a million streams a month. He said really out of nowhere, but he did tell us about how that song really allowed him to focus on music once he landed in Los Angeles. We hear about how he worked on music with Jack Harlow and Arizona before they were big at all. He talks to us about how he started blending genres like rock and hip-hop and pop-punk, working with state champs, and all about his new album, which is called Wake Up. You can watch our interview with Ryan Oaks on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible. If you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Ryan Oaks. Fantastic. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. I'm Adam, and this is about you and uh, your journey in music, and we'll talk about your new album. Amazing. Sweet. Um, I was just reading up on uh, your bio a little bit. So I did see you uh, born and raised around uh, Washington, D.C. area. Is that correct? Yeah, like a suburb outside of D.C. called Leesburg is the easiest way to put it. That's what most people are familiar with. But yeah, right around that general area for sure. Cool. Do you come from a musical household? Dude, it is a miracle. I'm a musician. My parents <laughs> like don't listen to music like um, they, they don't even listen messing. to it. Yeah, like it's really crazy. They they were playing like I was raised on like Aaron Carter, uh, <laughs> Nickelback, um, Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth is fire, but like the, not necessarily people that are legends or like big musical influences. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did have me messing with a lot of instruments when I was a kid. Like I can play guitar. I used to be able to play piano. Didn't do it enough to remember how I played drums. Um, and now I rap and sing. So here we are. Oh my gosh. Where did you start out? Like how old were you? And what was the first instrument? I think if I remember correctly, like they had me picking up stuff when I was like five or six, but I think it was keyboard slash piano for sure. Okay. At five or six. Wow. And was it just something that they thought you'd be interested in or when they gave you that as maybe just like, Oh, here's a little toy or whatever you really became, you know, kind of, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know if they were just doing stuff to try to see what their kid liked. You know what I mean? Like they had me trying out different sports. They had me trying different instruments. I'm sure it was just kind of something like that where they just wanted to see if their kid resonated with something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, my grandma had a piano when 
and she still does honestly when i was younger though and i would mess with it a lot at her house so that probably sparked some inspiration of oh we should try to get him into this it's like a good thing for you you know so mm-hmm. that was probably the logic behind that one wow and uh, you you uh, started a band pretty early on as well didn't you yeah, dude. Um, so I was doing guitar lessons in elementary school. And in fifth grade is when I made my fr- first pop punk band. I was just a guitarist. Um, and then it was with three other of my buddies. One sang, the other was like guitar two, and the other was the drummer. And at our fifth grade party, we covered Sugar, We're Going Down. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and we were like the rock stars of the night. It was super sick. <clears throat> wow. That's a, not an easy one to, no, to, no. to go right we, into. We, we were like on it like we cared a lot and it's a shame that i put it down in middle school and high school because who knows how far kids that started that early could have gone you know what i mean sure especially yeah going into a follow boy song i mean i grew up in san diego so it was a lot of blink 182 cover songs which i mean blink's Mm -hmm. one of the best bands ever but their you know their riffs are were so easy back then and and the progressions were all similar uh but to go into a follow boy song that's pretty impressive (laughs) Yeah, we were all like the Warp Tour nerd kids. I only ever made it to one Warp Tour, which is crazy, but it was like the best thing I ever went to as a child. It's like a core memory. So yeah, we definitely grew up on all that stuff and it was super awesome and super influential even now, I would say, with all that stuff coming back. Oh, I know. It's incredible. I love to see how this is all making like its way back in. And then you have the like when we were young festivals and all these bands that I remember seeing play to 20, 30 people are now yeah. headliners and selling out these massive festivals in like, you know, days. It's crazy. Yeah. The, the cycle mm-hmm. of history is super interesting to me, especially musically. Um, obviously, pop punk and stuff made a massive comeback. Rock is even rock and pop punk never really left. Right. But I mean, they're having huge moments right now. Um, and it's really cool. And it feels good making that music because you just feel like you're that. 12 year old kid again you know what i mean it's like super sick yeah you said you put down music in middle school high school i did yeah i mean when you're a kid i don't know like where i was from it wasn't that cool right and when you're a kid you care a lot what people think so we all just kind of put it down and we went the sports route and we all became like athletes and some of my friends in that band went to playing college um and i was supposed to play lacrosse in college actually I was going into my senior year and it was like my big breakout year, right? Like all these scouts were going to come check me out. It was only going to be like D2, right? Like nothing crazy. But, but still, I mean, that's I made a, a big deal. Yeah. <clears throat> I made one rap song this summer going into my senior year and I quit everything cold turkey, like gave up all the college prospects of like free school. Everyone thought I was crazy. And then you pick it back up and it's like it never left. And like once I made that one song, it was like this is what I'm going to do forever and no one's going to stop me. And then it somehow ended up becoming a thing. Whoa. Okay. So you were doing, were you always kind of staying with your instruments? Like as far as like keeping up, like playing guitar, drums or anything like that. And then eventually made the song or like, how do you go from kind of putting it down to then making a rap song and just being like, okay, I'm back. You know, this is it. So funnily enough, you have to, where I was from, at least you had to play an instrument in, I think it was like eighth or ninth grade. Mm -hmm. And so I took advanced guitar and like a classically read and do all that stuff. Don't know how to read music anymore. Completely lost that. (laughs) Um, So I was still like playing guitar a lot. And I I had found like Eminem in middle school, once Mm -hmm. MacBooks and like the internet became a thing, which is crazy to even think about like that. All all that stuff was new back then. And uh, Eminem, 
And I was like, this is like the coolest shit ever. Like this dude is so good at rapping. And I feel like if I started now, I could do it. And then I kind of dabbled with it. And I was like, dang, I really suck at this. Cause I was like 12. Right. Um, but I always had like, I always had it in me. Right. So, so one thing I left out was that I, before music, I thought I was going to be like the next Michael Bay. I wanted to be like a movie director. I wanted to create like worlds and like all these crazy different places. And, and it was super fascinating to me to do that stuff. So I was having my friends act in my skits. And in some of those skits, I come across Weird Al and we were making parody songs. So I was like kind of producing terribly in GarageBand with a bunch of auto tune and like all that stuff. So it was always yeah. kind of there, but it wasn't like, this is, it was like, this is fun and funny. Like, let's not take this as like, I want to do this forever. And right. then I was just that kid at parties in high school when everyone started drinking and stuff. Um, kids would be freestyling and I would get drunk and I would start freestyling. And I was like noticeably better than most people <laughs> at freestyling. And so I had a buddy going into the Marines and he was totally kidding, but he was like, when I get back, I want you to have a mixtape out. And it was just like a drunken thing he threw out there and everyone was like laughing and I laughed about it too. And then I woke up the next day and I was like, I'm going to do that. And I just went to Best Buy and bought like a $20 microphone, went into my mom's walk-in closet and then just like never turned back. Like it was just an obsession off the jump. Wow. Were you writing, how are you getting like the beast? Were you producing your own music and then rapping over it? Like how did that start? Like what was that first mixtape? I wish I started producing my own stuff, but I was just totally illegally ripping beats off YouTube. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I was just, yeah, anything I could find on YouTube, I would like download it. And then I got a job. And then that's when I started like getting beat leases and paying for beats. Mm -hmm. And then everything just upgraded from there. Like I was never not willing to work for it. I always got jobs when I wanted to upgrade and when just like, I was like, I'm just going to work every day for like six months. And I'm gonna get this crazy mic, this crazy setup. And then, yeah, it all just kind of spiraled into what it is today, I guess. Wow. With that first song, just putting it out did you put it out like how did you it just felt that good when you did it or were you getting like validation that the song was really good to to give up you know lacrosse and all of that opportunity um, you know it's or was funny. it just on a whim like screw it i'm doing it it was a screw it thing but also i was definitely not getting love it was definitely like this is terrible stop doing this uh, <laughs> wow. and i'm really stubborn to the point where like if someone says that i'm like oh now i gotta double down like i'm not gonna stop Right. And one of the coolest stories about how I first started was the third song I made was with Jack Harlow. No shit. Which is crazy. Like 10 years ago, we made a song. It's still on YouTube. He went, he went by Mr. Harlow back then. But he w I remember coming across this video of him rapping on his toilet. Like, and he was <laughs> nasty. And he was like 14. I think I'm like two years older. So I was like 16. And he was like 14. And I just messaged him. And I was like, dude, like, let's make a song together. And he was down. Cause obviously we both were no one. Right. Right. Um, and it's so funny to see how stuff like that ends up. Cause obviously he's a megastar now. So it's super crazy. Wow. So you just found him on YouTube. That's wild. Yeah, I found everyone I worked with on YouTube. I also found, um, these two buddies of mine that I came up with and they're both killing it. One of them, one of their names is Connor. And the other is this guy, Arizona service who had a big moment with the Roxanne song on TikTok. Oh yeah. No shit. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, dude, it's crazy. Like, and all of these are people that just never gave up. So if you have any advice to give anyone, it's just like, never give up. Cause everyone I worked with from literally when I was 14 till now, like we just didn't give up. And now everyone's like killing it in their own way. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to ask you that question again at the end, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but um, damn, that's wild. So just, 
having that kind of stubbornness was like, okay, I don't, if you, you guys don't think it's good, I'm going to prove you wrong. And do you, what, would, that must've been hard to even go into your team and your coach and be like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be a musician. Like I'm done. Yeah. It's interesting. Like some of my really, a couple of my really good friends were on the team, but actually my friend group at school was separate, which is weird. Cause I feel like if you're on a sports team, those are like your core friends in high school. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was different for me. I had my friends that I saw at school that none really played lacrosse. And then I had my lacrosse friends, you know what I mean? So, so my, my regular friends would like do friend stuff and like give you shit for it, obviously. Cause that's just what your, your good friends do. Right. And then the look, everyone on the lacrosse team was like, this dude's crazy. I remember my coach texted me and he was like, dude, I'll buy you like turntables. If you play, like we need you to play. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do with turntables? dude? like, I'm a rapper. I don't know. I don't know how to DJ. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was it was really interesting times my senior year of high school for sure. It was like a whole lot of whole lot of doubt that instead of letting it discourage me, I'm just I'm just so annoyingly stubborn where like even without music, like speaking of lacrosse my freshman year, um I wanted to make varsity cuz all it was looking like my friends in lacrosse were all going to make varsity and like they only pick like 3 or 4 freshmen a year. Mm-hmm. And I was nowhere near as good. Like I just started playing lacrosse but I did it. Like, I was like, I'm going to make varsity. And they were like, no, you're not. And I was like, no, nah, but I am. And then I put on like 40 pounds in the off season weightlifting, like really took it seriously. And then I made the team. So it's just like, there's this thing that's been, thank God it's been instilled in me since forever, where it's just like the second someone tells me I can't, I will literally not stop until I do it. That's awesome. That's a great mindset to have. That's yeah. crazy. Um, it's so not you- even like, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. I was just going to say, it's not even like a mindset, dude. It's like, it's like almost like a switch gets hit in my head where I'm like, cool, I'm going to do it now. Like, it's not even like, <laughs> I think I could do this. It's like, no, I'm literally going to go do this. And it's like the stubbornness that has taken me the last 10 years to get to where I'm at in music. That's funny. Um, do you leave then to get, cause you got to LA right out of high school. Did you just say, okay, I'm, that's the place to be. Dude, I wish, I really wish I actually did go to college and graduate. So I took four oh, more wow. years in Virginia. Um, whether or not I went to a real school is debatable because it was like a huge party school and I don't think I really learned anything, but I went to I college. I didn't learn anything in college either. So it's yeah. Good. I went to college <laughs> and I got the college experience and I, that part, I wonder if I'd regret if I didn't do it. I don't think so, but I really do think if I just like spent a few years working instead of going to school, cause I didn't use my degree. I just spent a bunch of money on my degree. I would have been in a better spot when I did move to LA cause I definitely moved to LA when I did not have enough money, but I figured it out, but it was very <laughs> sketchy. Um, but yeah, I did go to college. So were you working on music while you're in college still? College was like really crazy. I don't know how I did it. I would go to my classes. I would work for a couple hours so I could buy beats and stuff and keep that stuff going. I would work on the music after that. And then I would like go out all night. You know what I mean? Like I had no balance. It was like all go. And I went like four years on like five or six hours of sleep tops per night and i was just like go 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 <laughs> and then yeah, when you finished college that's when you're like okay i got the degree i mean maybe you were your parents my parents were like you gotta get a college degree i mean that's kind of how i was and i was like eh, i don't yeah. do this but like once that you kind of finish that schooling is that when you decided like i'm gonna go to la like this like how, how did you decide on la and make that move it's always the dream. I feel like when you first start out to make it to LA and like really get stuff going and like it's the people like to throw the debate out whether or not you need to be here. But I think you still do, to be honest, um, with the internet and stuff. But 
Yeah. So I graduated college and I had to do a two or three month apprenticeship for my degree to like complete it. And I did that and it was training like professional athletes. Like I went to school for fitness mm-hmm. um, and I trained a few NFL players, which was cool. That's but cool. after like three months, it was like when you're a personal trainer, it's like you work from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. before people go to work, noon to three on their lunch break. And then from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. when they're off work, you know what I mean? So it's just like the worst hours for like not a lot of pay. And I was like, this is not it. I saved up a little bit of money that was like nowhere near the safety that I should have had. And then I had a friend who had a semester left at WU who was living in LA. So his room was opening up and I was like, okay, I could go to LA for like three months off of this money I have and try to survive. Like I'll be scraping pennies, but I'm going to do it. And then the day I land in LA, for some reason, one of my songs just explodes on Spotify, like no rhyme or reason, couldn't figure out why it started doing like a million streams a month. And that's <laughs> enough to pay your bills for sure. Um, and ever since then, it's like, I never look back. Like once he wanted his room back, I got in my own place with a couple friends. And then I've been bouncing around a few times ever since. And now I'm at this house that I hope I never have to leave because it's amazing. So damn. Oh, is that <laughs> drinking about you? It was. Yeah. Okay. So you put that song out what on just on Spotify and you don't know, it just happened to land somehow in front of people. Yeah. It was like at a time where like those sampled choruses, which I totally didn't clear until recently. Thank God they were nice about that. Cause that could have gone <laughs> completely South. Um, all of that stuff was just going crazy. And me and a bunch of other rappers like jumped on it and everyone that jumped on it, the song blew up. So I was like, I'm going to jump on this beat. Like why not? And of course, I think mine was the only one that made it through to Spotify for some reason, because obviously there's a sample and it just blew up and mm-hmm. it just started going crazy. And even now it was doing like one to 2 million streams a month in its peak. But I mean, even now we're not putting any marketing money in, and it's still doing like half a million streams a month. So it's like, this has been a six year long thing that hasn't slowed down. It's really uh, crazy. Wow. <laughs> okay. So once that song's going, you know, nuts, that obviously what, attracts people i would imagine in la like oh you know who's this guy like what's this yeah. song and were you getting like reached out to or were you was that help that help your career as far as like getting you in the rooms with people or not i want to say yes and no like it's interesting when that stuff happens because it was like one of the like this is when spotify just came out so like not even everyone was using spotify yet like i had to go tell my friends to download spotify when drinking about you was out but because this thing is like 10 years old, like it blew up four years after it dropped. So oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That song had been out for like years and it just exploded. Um, I wonder if that's when like Spotify implemented algorithms or something, you know what I mean? Because it was new. But mm-hmm. so that stuff happened. And then I would say the best thing that happened was just that I didn't have to get a job. Um, I was definitely still pinching to get by, but like not having to have a job so I could focus on music in LA was like super crazy. Um, and then, yeah, like the numbers go up and then you start messaging people and you're like, look, I'm having this moment with this song. We should do other stuff. I will say I was really weird about collaboration at first. I, I want to collab now, but I was one of those dudes that was like, I don't want anyone in the room. I don't want the producer in the room. I want to write stuff on myself. Like, um, and I was super secluded and thank God I got out of that shell because obviously now I'm very collaborative and it's helping progress very quickly my career and stuff. But Mm -hmm. yeah, the best thing to happen from that was just like, I wouldn't say financial freedom because I was definitely sweating every month still trying to get by, but it helped me like have at least like all the time during a day to focus on getting better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
And from there, were you even worried about like, oh, will the next song or will my next release do well? Or is this going to keep going? Or were you just, okay, this is happening. I'm going to just keep looking forward. I think a mix of everything. Like even back then I knew people's attention spans weren't what they used to be. So I was like, if I drop a song and people don't resonate with it, I could just drop another one and they won't even really bat an eye and be like, I'm uh -huh. not going to listen to Ryan Oaks ever again. Cause I didn't like this one song. Um, but I mean, yeah. So the numbers definitely started slowly creeping up. And then this dude, Russ, I'm sure you've heard of him started blowing up mm -hmm. and he was following this model where you drop a song a week and every independent person back then was like, Oh my God, this dude is becoming a superstar. We're all going to drop a song a week. So I did that for like a year and that built a ton of momentum. And sure. then it's slowly been like slowing down the releases ever since. Like, so then I went to every other week and then every three weeks and every four weeks and every five weeks, now it's every six weeks. Um, cause we're trying to play ball with like the playlist and all that stuff. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's crazy. It's just been like all gas, no breaks. Like don't fix it if it's not broken. Um, just keep your head down, keep going forward. Like one album might not do as good as you want, but the next one probably will. Or like one song's not going to hit the way you think it does. And it's always the one you think is not going to hit that becomes your next hit. Um, so I just like, I'm really good at not getting in my head. I'm really good at not holding on to music. I'm really good at not overthinking or slowing myself down. The worst that can happen is people don't like a song and then they forget they didn't like it two weeks later and you drop another one and they check it out. So, you know what I mean? It's just been keeping your head down, keep moving forward, keep pushing to be better artists. And eventually when you look up, like right now, look where you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you write and release so much music, man. I mean, even it's funny to hear you say you're, you're slowing down because of just looking at the amount of albums and, and EPs that you've put out over the, over the years. Like a lot of artists will put out an album and it, it will take them years to put out the first one. And then maybe yeah. you know, years down the line, or it'll be like a few singles sprinkled out throughout the year. I mean, you're constantly putting out music. Has that just been a, you, are you like always writing? You must be working 24. I mean, it feels like 24 seven reasonably now. Like, yeah, I mean, I'll pro like the next two or three months, I probably won't make any music, but it's because I'm releasing this album yeah, right, album. in like a month. <laughs> and then I have the next, I have the next one done. Right. Oh, so, I mean, dude, I don't know what it is. Like, like I, I'm signed right now to this label called position and they're super independent label and they're super great. But before them, I had put out almost 300 songs in like 10 years, which is like insane. Yeah. Um, and I think that mo a lot of that stemmed from me being like super realistic for myself where I was like, I'm not as talented as everyone that's doing this. I'm going to have to work harder and figure it out. Right. So the logic behind that was just keep making songs. You're going to get better eventually, like put your 10,000 hours in, become an expert, figure out what works, experiment. Like, I mean, I even feel like I'm still, and maybe not right now, but the last year I felt like I was still throwing shit out a wall to figure out what I wanted to do with like pop punk or rock or rap and, and then fusing it all together. And we fused it all together and that ended up being the solution. But like, it's all just like a never ending process, dude. Like eventually I hope I'll get to a point where I'm like, this is exactly what I want, but then I'll be like, but it could be better. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. we'll see what happens. No, man, I love your sound. Like I, I love how, because if you listen to the, the earlier songs that you put out, it is really, I mean, it's hip hop. I mean, it's rap yeah. forward. And then you, you start to, I think it was like in maybe like 2019 ish. Like I forgot what EP it was when I was listening through. Then you kind of really start putting in, the guitars and the 
more of the rock sound and then the, the pop punk, which is what I grew up on and love. Um, but the way you blend it all is it's really, really creative and like your hooks are great. And it's just like all these pieces that come together that I feel would be like really hard to write in one genre. But, you know, the way you guys or you blend it is it's really awesome. Yeah, I have to give credit to my friends because I put them through hell. My producers trying to figure out the right way to blend so many things. And we got I tell people this. I'm like, we got like 90 percent there with Wake Up, this album that's coming out next month. And that doesn't mean it's not 100 percent awesome. Like, I love that album. Mm -hmm. The second one we have, I think we finally nailed it where it's just like BC Boys meets Eminem meets like Neck Deep meets Linkin Park. Like all of it just like fused so well. And it's hard. Like I want to focus and be excited on Wake Up because it's such a good album. But all that stuff has me so stoked where you're like, all right, I want to once Wake Up comes out, I got to get this one out. Like the world (laughs) needs to hear this. I want to make sure like no one else beats me to it. I don't think anyone will. But, you know, it's just, yeah, it's that, that never ending hunger of wanting to grow and show people your progression as an artist sure like after you know continually putting out albums and just the way that you were doing it in the beginning what like would you is there like a milestone that you hit at one point or you know maybe it was even early on in your career that you're like damn like uh like like, is there kind of like a turning point for for you after even having the one song like blow up on spotify or because i mean one song doesn't continue everything right i mean you have to right. continually go like was there something else that happened or what would you say like the next kind of milestone was i think the next milestone was kind of doing it again with this song called numb i mean i think drinking about is like 45 million and numb is closing in on 30 but yeah. once you know you can do it again because like there's always that thing where it's like what if i'm the one hit wonder you know what i mean like maybe i got lucky maybe that was a fluke maybe i can't recreate a moment like that again and then I did it and then I did it again and then I did it a few more times. And then you have like, I think I have like 50 songs out with over a million streams. Like, yeah, once you know you're, cons- <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's ridiculous. I scroll down, I'm like, damn, like all of these have a million hits or a million streams. Um, so, like, once you realize that it's not the case where you're just a dude who got lucky, where it's like there's so much consistency here. And I was like, damn, okay. So, once you hit that milestone, you think that you'll be satisfied. But of course, you're like, okay. If I can get every song to get a million, why can't I get every song to five or 10 million? And then like the 20, you know what I mean? So that's what mm-hmm. we're working on now. But um, yeah, I would say just once you realize you can recreate those big moments and it wasn't just an accident, you know what I mean? That um, that's when you get the validation you're looking for of like, oh, I am a real artist. Like this is for real. And now I now it's just time to see how far we can take that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you put out your, the last album, not, not Wake Up, but the one Burnout that, that was last year. I mean, you, yeah, you, yeah, you put out records so quickly. Um, would you say, like, how would you relate Wake Up to the to Burnout? I would say they're pretty different sonically. Like, Burnout was kind of we were like in the super pop punk era of Ryan Oaks, and we were rapping on the verses and singing pop punky choruses, and it seemed to resonate with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't quite feel like a hundred percent what I wanted to do. So, Burnout was and i got to work with state champs which is like a band i looked up to forever, oh i love those guys I want to, um, okay. and it was like a crazy moment for me because i was like wow like i got all this crazy stuff as a rapper and now i'm getting all this crazy stuff as like kind of a pop punk act um and then it's like well why can't i do that with rock now you know what i mean and it's like well why can't if i could do that in three different genres why can't i blend every single one of those together and be one of the first people to make something new from that like um 
So, I mean, it's all played important, vital roles in my journey, but I think I would even say wake up is just a darker sound that doesn't skew too far. Like there's definitely pop punky songs and hooks on there, but it's definitely more rap and rock focused and obviously just like trying to blend those sounds together, I would say. Okay. And you had a, ch- you said you had a chance to work with state champs on the, on burnout. Yes. Tell me how that all came together. I think, I think our managers were friends and I had been listening to them forever and I just didn't think it was feasible. Like that one of the biggest pop punk bands right now would be like, yeah, we'll do that. But they mm-hmm. were literally like, yeah, we'll do that. Um, <laughs> and it did help that I was having like a big TikTok moment for one of my songs. So that mm-hmm. was like a little bit of leverage, but I mean, I've never met such a cool band. Like when we were shooting the music video, they just wanted to show up and be there. Like I was, I was texting Derek, their singer. And I was like, Hey, like, would you want to be in the music video? Should we do a music video? And then their guitarist was like, we're all down. Like we want to support this and like back you and, and all this stuff. And it was a really cool moment for me. Cause I was like, damn, this is like seven or eight months into really trying to do pop punk seriously. And I have like one of the biggest bands like backing me. I was like, this is crazy. Um, so it was just like another really cool moment where someone you were listening to, um, that you looked up to, or even just a fan of their music, like all that stuff is really cool to me still when someone I'm a fan of reaches out and they're like, yo, I love what you're doing. And you're like, Whoa, like really? How? Like, that's crazy. I didn't even know you knew I existed. So it was just a really cool moment for sure. Yeah. I've had those guys on, on my podcast before. They're so cool. And I was also like a huge fan of them growing up. Did they help you like work on the record? Like what was their role in, in the album? Funnily enough, we, we wrote Burnout, like the whole song and Derek's verse, I recorded it. And then he can sing a million times better than me. So he came in and like, you know, sang it way better than I could have and like did all these crazy riffs and runs. But um, we actually just had it done in the studio, me and my friend Zach and Ronnie and Jaden. And we sent it to him and he loved it. So he just came in and was like, dude, I don't want to fix the verse. Like, I just want to sing it. And he bodied it. And then we put the song out and it is, I think it's at like 2 million streams already in less than a year. So, you know, can't complain about that. Yeah. Wow. What was the, that TikTok moment like? Cause you had like, tw- you have so many uh, plays on that one video on TikTok. That was it. Okay. So, yeah. oh, okay. so a year and a half ago, like January of last year, um, I was like, man, I was one of those artists that was anti TikTok. And then I was like, no, I'm being an idiot. Like this is helping break so many people. And the first week I took it seriously is when I made that video and it absolutely exploded. So that was the validation I got where I was like, okay, maybe I can get good at this. And I've been diving into the contents of hardcore ever since. And I haven't been able to recreate the moment because TikTok is super frustrating. But um, without that moment, like, I don't think I would have got half the stuff I got now. Like it took me up to a million, 1.5 million monthly listeners on Spotify, got me the state champs feature, got me, uh, there's a remix of that song coming out with a legendary band that I can't say yet. Um, it got me all this cool stuff. So, I mean, I, I have TikTok to thank for all of that. <laughs> it is funny how, uh, they, like, it, but I guess it's hard to get people to leave the app to go on Spotify. So that it, it says something yeah. to you in your music. Cause uh, you'll see songs on there that have all these shares and, you know, reposts or whatever. And then the Spotify listens aren't there or the, yeah. A TikTok star will have a song out and no one's leaving the app to go check it out on Spotify. So it's, to have them to have a listener take that one extra step is like a huge, a huge deal. Um, yeah, I think I got lucky, dude. I don't know how it happened. I haven't been able to recreate it, like I said, but thank God it did happen. <laughs> well, tell me about Wake Up because that's coming out in, like in a couple of weeks, right? Or beginning of yeah, May. May 5th. 
we're a few weeks away it's crazy um yeah first first album under a record label like learning the ins and outs of the music industry i've made it really far somehow without even really stepping foot in the industry like no booking agent no manager no label and i got all that stuff in the last year and it's just been like an interesting journey to learn how things work and like learn to work with people and and get other ideas and input on your stuff so i think it's cool in that aspect like we stepped up the visuals crazy for the album like i went to atlanta and was working with like marble stuntmen which was crazy for like oh, music wow. videos um and that was like my first ever like big budget video shoots and that was just a cool moment for me and yeah like i said just making my friends slave away in studios for a year to figure out how to fuse sounds correctly into something new um and it's a lot more rap which was fun because when i got a manager he pushed me to do that and i was skeptical on it at first but once I started doing it, I was like, oh, no, I can rap. Like, I should be doing this. And then, yeah, just like the progression, man. Like, I, I've been working hard at vocal lessons every day for a year to be a better singer. Like, I wanted to be good at screaming. There's some screaming on there. Um, I got better at rapping even, I think, when I was making it. So I'm just really excited to see because I have, like, the OG rap fans. I got the pop punk kids from when I was having the big pop punk moments. I got the rock kids from the singles on this album that are starting to, like, vibe mm -hmm. with my stuff. So it's like, I hope everyone likes it. Will everyone like it? I'm not sure. I guess we'll just have to kind of wait and see. And you have a big tour coming up in May as well. First headline tour, dude. Crazy. That's exciting. Crazy. Yeah, I'm excited. It's really scary in a good way. Um, but kids are buying tickets, so I'm very thankful. I will not <laughs> be playing for no one. So that's very cool. Um, it'll be cool. It's good. It's like one day you're in your mom's room, like I said, in her closet with a $20 Best Buy mic. And now I'm going on my first headline tour across the country and people are showing up for me. Like I've done, I think I've done like six tours now as an opener on like for rappers and bands. Um, and it's like, no, like you don't have to win the crowd over. The crowd is there for you this time. Like it almost feels way less stressful when I thought I'd be more stressed. You know what I mean? But I'm like, no, like the people there already like your music. Like you already won. Now just make sure that they have fun. And it's like, okay, I can do that. So um, just been planning a really good show, learning to sing for an hour straight because I've never done an hour straight set. It's always been like 20, 30 minutes, which is way harder than I thought it'd be, but it's all good. I'll, I'll get it. Um, yeah, man, it's exciting. A lot of exciting stuff. That's awesome. I, so you're playing here in Nashville, which is, I'm, I recently moved to Nashville. I'm from San Diego, but um, nice. I saw that you're playing here. So that's, I want to come check it out. Uh, and dude, I love what you're doing. Man. I, yeah, I think what you're doing is, is really, really awesome. And I can't wait to hear uh, even the next album that you're talking about coming out. Like, where, yeah, just. Um, I'm hoping they'll let me start putting it out by like midsummer, but that might be wishful thinking. But everyone's really excited about it. So we'll see. <laughs> awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for doing this today, man. I appreciate your time. No worries, dude. Thanks for having me. I have one more my question that you kind of or you answered earlier, but I'm going to ask it again. If you have any advice for aspiring artists, it's annoying, but I'm going to say it again. Everyone I saw not give up made it. Like Arizona and I were in uh, Hagerstown, Maryland, which is basically the middle of nowhere. And we were talking about how one day we were going to make it. And then he had that Roxanne moment. That song is a billion streams. I made a song with Jack Harlow 10 years ago and we were nobodies and now he's a megastar. I was able to pay all my bills off of just my Spotify streams because I never gave up. All my friends who literally just never stopped and tried really hard, it's not going to be easy, but I promise you will make it if you just don't stop. And that's it. I literally have seen it. It's not BS. It's not 
me just funneling your ears with what you want to hear. I've seen it time and time and time and time again with literally dozens of people I know. And they all figured it out. They all made it in their own way. And yeah, that's all I got.